0: It's really good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We're so thankful that you have tuned in, and we are so appreciative of all of our listeners who listen to Search the Scriptures, either on a daily basis or a fairly frequent basis or whenever you can. And there are always those who are listening for the first time, and we're just so thankful for every single one of you, however frequently you might be able to listen We're thankful that you are there, that we have the opportunity to share with you the rich teachings and truths, the encouragements, the promises, and also those warnings and corrections and rebukes even that are contained for us all in God's word. All of those things are there to guide us in the best life that a man can possibly live, or a woman, or a child, with the greatest Hope and expectation, and the most important direction in life. And that, of course, is going to point us to heaven. We hope that as we study together today, and that as we continue to do so on a daily basis, on this program, that you're going to come better and better acquainted with God as you become more familiar with his word. And that as you do that, then you're going to come to that point where you're going to make that right decision and follow God his way. That is our prayer. That is our goal. It's wonderful to be able to study here today with my brothers in Christ, Dennis Stackhouse and Dwayne Kennedy. Dwayne, good to be back with you, brother.
1: Thank you, Gary. It's good to be on the program with you and with all who are listening. uh, Whether you are just joining us for the first time today, we are encouraged that you are here and we are certainly glad to have you regular listeners tuning in again and we trust that the program will inspire you today to turn to God in a greater way than you have in the past it's good to be on the program with Dennis Stackhouse as well thank you Duane and Gary
2: it's certainly a delight for me to be on the program with you both today and it's such an encouragement to know that there are those listening to the program and we certainly know that's happening because you've contacted us and let us know, and we do appreciate that so much. And we really are serious about making sure that we teach God's word to you in an accurate fashion, in a thorough fashion, and yet also in a way that you can easily understand and comprehend. Because unless you can understand the message, it really does no good for you in your life. You really need to come to grips with what God has said what he is, what he desires from you, what he expects you to be as a Christian individual. And we hope that through these efforts, you're finding such to be the case more and more in your life and you're coming to the point that you really do have that desire to be dedicated and committed to God throughout your earthly life.
0: Amen. Fellas, we're continuing in this study, asking the question, are you being careless with your soul? Probably a lot of people think about carelessness from material, a material point of view. Mm-hmm. They carelessly lost their wallet, mm-hmm. or somebody was carrying a twenty-dollar bill and they laid it down and carelessly walked off and it's gone.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Or maybe there was some lunch money that mama gave their her son or daughter and. Somehow they carelessly lost it on the way to school, and so they don't have any lunch that day. Hmm. Uh, and we could go on and on along that line. Somebody was careless in the way that they, you know, used a particular appliance or a, an electronic uh, device, and they blew it up, you know, and not blew it up literally, but I mean, you know, it fried, you know, and so it's, it's either in need of great repair or it's just dead, you hmm. know, over with. We would go on and on like that. But what we're talking about is a carelessness that is far more profound and Mm far-reaching. And that is, are you being careless with your eternal soul? And we've emphasized the point that there is nothing that we possess in this world that begins to compare in value to our soul. It is far beyond anything else in worth and value and importance in this world. Mm -hmm. God has blessed us with an eternal nature. We're different from everything else that he created. He created us in his image, Genesis chapter one and verses 27 and 28, unique from everything else that he created. He created us again with that spiritual essence and, and, and identity and we call that our soul.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When we die physically in this world, Everything attached to this world that we have come to possess, we will lose. Yes, We won't take any of it with us. If we lose our eternal soul as well, then we will have lost everything, everything. So we need to make sure that we pay proper attention to our soul because it goes on and it's going to be in one place or another eternally. either in heaven or in hell. Those are the only two choices and alternatives. Mm -hmm. Now, we've asked some specific questions here. Are you being careless with your soul? Are you so focused on the affairs of this temporary physical life that you're neglecting your soul's salvation? We looked at the account that Jesus gave us in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21 where he warned that we should not place our security on material possessions don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth Mm -hmm. where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal Mm -hmm. but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also Right. All of those things are temporary, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Because they're of this world. Mm-hmm. They're temporal. We need to make sure that our riches are stored up in heaven yes. on the spiritual side of life. We looked in our last program at the account of the rich farmer, and he had such a bumper crop that his barns could not store all of the produce. So he decided he'd build greater barns, bigger storehouses. There was nothing wrong with that. But his attitude was displayed when he said, then I will say to my soul, eat, drink and be merry. Take your ease for Mm -hmm. you have much goods laid up for many days. He was placing his security in his material possessions and wealth.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And God said, fool. This night, your soul will be required of you. In other words, God was saying, you're going to die tonight. Yes. And then all of this stuff that you've accumulated and acquired and possessed, not going to help you one bit. And what did Jesus say at the end of that? So is he. Yes, who is
2: not rich toward God. Yes. What a telling statement that is.
0: It really is. It really is. Now, let's ask another question. Are you carelessly putting off obedience to your Lord until it's too late? Dennis, how about reading for us the account of uh, the Apostle Paul making his defense and particularly particularly, uh, focusing on King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. For the king,
2: before whom I also speak freely, knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian.
0: Yes. Now, this is a text that has um, provoked Considerable discussion as to exactly what Agrippa meant when he said, Almost, you persuade me to be a Christian. I believe the American Standard Version says, In a short time, you fain would make me a Christian. Right. I'm sure that clears it up for most of us. <laughs> Rather, you know, obscure language to some extent, at least. Mm-hmm. There's a question, did he really mean, Paul, you almost got me here, you've almost persuaded me to make up my mind become a Christian? Or is he kind of speaking sarcastically to Paul? Mm -hmm. You think you're going to persuade me in this short a time? Well, it's interesting how Paul responds in verse 29, where he says, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both Almost and altogether, such as I am, except for these Mm chains. So maybe there was more there in Agrippa's words than we might pick up. Maybe he was kind of shaken to his soul there, at least to some extent.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Paul
1: remains sincere in his hope for him that he would come to an understanding
0: of the things that he was saying. That he'd make up his mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. And all of us need to do that. But how many times have we put that off? Yeah, you know, we were almost ready. We realized we needed to come to God. We needed to surrender our lives to our Lord and Savior. We needed to be baptized for the remission of our sins. But we held back.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Almost, almost, but uh, not quite. And maybe we used, and we've talked about this in previous programs, maybe we used that, that conscience saving statement, I'm not ready to make a commitment. Why? Well, in making that statement, we have made a commitment, haven't we? We
2: right. certainly have.
0: We made the commitment to not obey our God That's and our right. Lord. Yes. Very telling. Are you being careless in putting off, obeying the Lord, in coming to God in obedience until your time runs out? There's another example for us in the 24th chapter of Acts and verses 24 and 25. Dwayne, how about reading that for us? And after some
1: days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will
0: call for you. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Right. How would you like to stand before the Lord at judgment and uh, try to somehow reason with him that, Lord, I know I didn't obey you. When I was alive in on the earth, but you know, I just it, it just wasn't convenient for me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't you hate to be there standing there trying to reason that line with your Lord? Yeah. I just didn't find the convenient time. But now there's a lot of people there are out there today who are risking just such a scenario mm-hmm. now I doubt that very many people on judgment day will actually resort to trying to uh, somehow negotiate with the Lord <laughs> and say you know, you know it wasn't convenient you know, you know you ought to cut me some slack here
2: and you know you think about that Gary from the standpoint of trying to negotiate with the Lord you know how easily could he come back and say well you know it wasn't convenient for me to be put on trial, falsely accused, and go through the tortures of the cross.
0: Yeah, yeah. wasn't convenient, necessarily, yes. for the Lord to leave heaven. That's right. And become a man. Exactly. Take physical form mm-hmm. and go through all that we go through
1: mm-hmm.
0: as human beings.
1: Yes. And God
0: did make it convenient to wait patiently
1: for us to come to repentance on that day. We would recognize that. We would come to know how long and how many opportunities we're
0: given. And you know, Peter tells us that God is, you know, He's he's not slack concerning His promise, but that He is patient toward us. Mm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter three and verse nine. Exactly. God is being patient with us right now while Mm -hmm. we're still alive in this world. But there's gonna come a time when number one, our life's gonna come to an end unless the Lord comes again first or the Lord's gonna come again first. Mm -hmm. And in either case, I think we're supposed to read into the scenario God's time of patience with us has run out. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've got right now.
2: Yes, because when either one of those two things occurs, either Jesus comes back or we die physically,
0: our time's up. Our time's up. And we sure don't want to stand before our Lord having wasted our time Mm -hmm. and then somehow try to plead. Well, you know, I mean, it would be an empty plea, wouldn't it? Yes. It would be. It just wasn't convenient, Lord. Mm-hmm. You had a lifetime. You didn't find a convenient time? <laughs> yeah. Now, mm-hmm. here is Felix, though, and he tells Paul, just leave. When I find a convenient time, I'll call for you. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the unfortunate thing is that in both the case of Agrippa, who said, almost, you persuade me to become a Christian, and Felix... Yeah. When I find a convenient time, I'll call for you. We have no scripture record that either of them ever, ever found the convenient time or became altogether persuaded and never, became a Christian. Probably never came. We don't have the record at least. Now, in in Acts chapter 7 and verse 51, Stephen, as he was making his defense before the Jewish officials, and he would be stoned to death. And part of the reason would be, you know, the impetus would be what he says here in, in Acts chapter seven and verse 51. He is he's, he's describing the, his accusers, his judges, if you would, in scathing terms. What does he say there?
2: You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did,
0: so do you. As I said, scathing. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Stiff necked. The illusion being, you're you got your neck up, you can't you can't turn it, you know, you're you're just firm in your disobedience. Mm-hmm and uncircumcised in heart and ears. In other words, you've got hard heart and Mm -hmm. closed ears. Mm -hmm. And he's telling them that's that's the way you have been and your forefathers were before you. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's talking to them directly about their having rejected Christ as the Savior. Now, most people... Listening today would probably say, well, I don't reject Christ as a savior. Mm-hmm. But if you're being careless with your time in this world and your opportunity to come to him in repentance and obedience, and you're wasting that time and you're not obeying him, then you can run out of time. Right. hmm that's carelessness. You, and, and you've got to be careful that you don't put it off so long that you become like those Jews that, that uh, Stephen were, was rebuking on that occasion in Acts chapter 7. And you, you just, you've hardened your heart, and you've hardened your heart, and you've hardened your heart, putting off, putting off, putting off, until finally you don't have to harden your heart anymore. It's hard. Mm hmm. It's like concrete. You don't have a conscience anymore about this matter. Mm -hmm. You have no feeling, no care anymore. Now, how awful would that be to just lose your spiritual conscience and not care about being saved? Of course, on that final day of judgment with eternity facing you squarely, all of a sudden, You'll see things in a new reality. Right. And you'll care at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely indeed. There's another passage we could look at, Duane, that helps illustrate this Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 19.
1: Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all
0: uncleanness with greediness being past feeling. Again, the idea, no more sense of conscience, Right. Or of conscience, no more sense of conscience. You know, perhaps some of our listeners have run into people like that. People who have so hardened their hearts about doing right or against doing right that they have no more feeling as, as far as right or wrong is concerned. There are a lot of people like that basically in the world today. I'm not sure how they get through life. They certainly have no hope, I I wouldn't think, in their mind of eternity. But they have so hardened their hearts, their past feeling. Now, it'd be terrible, again, to face judgment in that kind of spiritual state.
2: Boy, wouldn't it? That just, that's an awful picture. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking to back, back to what we were told in Acts chapter 7. And Stephen said, you always resist the Holy Spirit to those people who were listening to him. And the Holy Spirit, among other things, his job, if we could look at it that way, as the scriptures were being recorded, was the transmission of God's word through the writers who were inspired. You know, he, if we are resisting him, if we are resisting the Holy Spirit, I believe Stephen is saying you're resisting God's word.
0: Right. And and when we read the word, that is the spirit. Yes. Communicating to us, isn't it? It yes. is. I know the, the human writers wrote it down. Mm-hmm. But it's God's word first. It and is. they were guided to write what they wrote by the Holy Spirit.
2: They were indeed. Second so, Peter one, verses twenty and twenty one tell us that.
0: Yes. So we're not talking about the Spirit speaking to us in some voice behind our backs. We're talking about as we open up scripture and we mm-hmm. read it, that's mm-hmm. the Spirit speaking to us through that word. That's, that's right. right. It is the very word of God, God speaking. Mm -hmm. Yes, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16.
1: And we accept it or we do not.
0: Yes, that's correct. Now, are you being careless? Are you carelessly putting off obeying God, obeying your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the point where you could risk having no more feeling for God for Christ, for your soul's salvation. And don't think that just because you have no feeling right now, you have no conscience about those matters, it doesn't strike a chord within you, but it's going to be that way in eternity. No, that's that's not going to buffer you against the reality of eternal condemnation, torment in hell. You need to be ready for eternity because eternity is coming. Don't be so careless with your soul that you keep putting off obedience to God to the point where you have no more feeling or maybe you're, you will have no more feeling about obeying God, about that making a difference in your life. Contact us right now and ask for that free Bible study and begin to learn right from his word how you can get ready for eternity, how you can prepare your soul eternal life. Don't put it off. Contact us now.